10 a.m. The Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Sunday, August 29th, 2021, and we are monitoring Hurricane Ida that is hitting the uh, hitting Louisiana on the uh, anniversary of uh, Hurricane Katrina. It's been a lot taking place these past few days, a lot taking place uh, this weekend. Uh, I was on Roller Martin Unfiltered on Friday. Dr. Avis Jones, the Weaver, was sitting in for Roland at first. Uh, they told us, his producer told me on Monday, that uh, they weren't going to have panelists on Friday. Then I got a text message uh, on Friday, uh, Friday morning, asking, could I be on the show Friday afternoon at 6? So I said, okay, <laughs> I'll make it happen. So we had a good show. Now, um, I'm going to share an excerpt of Roland Martin Unfiltered on today's show. There was a topic that we discussed. This video has gone, well, this topic has gone viral. Um, this deals with um, a high school in California, uh, Salinas High School in California, where uh, a student during a football game, this, this uh, took place on Friday, August 20th. During this football game, a number of white students uh, abused, beat up, and ran over a African-American baby doll, an African-American baby doll. They put this video of them abusing this doll on social media, they had the doll in sexual positions and abusing this African-American doll. They named the doll Shaniqua. They named the doll Shaniqua. Now, this has caused, rightfully so, outrage in the community. There was a, um, a meeting that was held with uh, parents and, and, and administrators uh, earlier this week. And parents were expressing their outrage. Now, uh, the, the three students have been suspended. Three students suspended for racist acts at Salinas High School football jamboree. This story has gone national. We talked about this on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday. I took this as a historian and as somebody who's been studying media for 30 years and has been warning our people about the propaganda of the media, who's been talking about negative corporate controlled hip hop for 30 years and want and understanding, having, having a background in marketing and sales and understanding messaging. So when they came to me on the panel to discuss this, I dealt with a history of dehumanization of African people in this country and how the dehumanization of African people in this country has always been entertainment. Because when you look at the reports and, and the still photos and things like this, these white students are laughing at brutalizing and putting this doll into sexual positions and, and, and running over the doll with the car. They're laughing at this. So I connected this to R. Kelly and I connected this to negative corporate control hip hop and the song and music video WAP by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. 
because you only protect what you respect. And as I said before, if you watch my videos dealing with WAP, you watch the panel discussion I did with uh, some African American sisters dealing with the film, with the with the um, uh, song and the the sexually explicit lyrics and the video. I said white people will only allow Negroes to do something like this because this is how they think of us. And when you connect, when you look at the history of lynchings in, in the um, my online class that I teach from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968, we just dealt with the Clinton, Mississippi, uh, Clinton, Mississippi race ride. We, we've talked about uh, we're going to talk about the Okoy race ride in 1920. We talked about the Vicksburg massacre. Uh, those was around 18. Vicksburg was about 1874. Clinton, Mississippi. Uh, race riot 1875 dealing with voting rights we've dealt with these different massacres but when you do it the lynchings you see the mutilation of african-american men and sometimes african-american women so when we, we if we go study the lynchings that took place they did to african-american human beings what these white students did to this doll they did to African-American human beings during lynchings what these white students did to this black baby doll. As I said before, people think the images that we see are just entertainment and the shows and the songs are just entertainment. No, they're programming. They're programming. Whatever is disseminated becomes imitated. Your thoughts create feelings. Your feelings create actions and behaviors. Your actions and behaviors create results. So we're gonna. I'm gonna share that segment now. There was a KSB KSBW Channel Eight in uh, Salinas, California. They did a story on this. We're gonna share that. And then we're gonna share the segment from Roland Martin Unfiltered. Roland wasn't there to unpack. The topic so i was so that's, that's what i did then we know that august 28th was the 50th anniversary of the march on washington okay 50th anniversary uh of the march on washington i was watching the coverage of it and interviews and things like this we're going to talk some about that uh it, we know it was the uh march for uh jobs and justice jobs and freedom and jobs and justice August 28th, 1963. Now, so many people watching the coverage in the mainstream media, they're talking about this is where Dr. King delivered his I Have a Dream speech. Um, so I watched the coverage on MSNBC and I watched Alex Witt and things like that. Very few people said that, number one, the name of it. Well, first of all, this past weekend, I didn't hear anybody say the name of the speech originally was not I Have a Dream. The phrase I have a dream didn't appear in any of the drafts of the speech. The speech was not about a dream. The original name of the speech was called normalcy. Never again. Normalcy. Never again. Then the, the name of the speech was changed to a cancel check because Dr. King was talking about holding America accountable for a promissory note. They gave us 100 years prior in 1863. And we took that promissory note to the bank. It was marked insufficient funds he's talking about the promise that this country made to uh uh, uh african americans and we, he's talking about holding america accountable to the promise made to us 
holding America accountable to what the U.S. Constitution says. The speech was not about a dream. That what they want to do is distract us with a dream to keep us dreaming. The speech was about dismantling white supremacy and racism. When Dr. King talks about the beloved community, that's after you have dismantled white supremacy and racism. That's not focusing on holding hands with white people and singing songs. That's that's no, he's when, when in the speech he talks about he called he 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 denounces police brutality, he denounces racism and discrimination and poverty. He talks about African-Americans having to move from a smaller ghetto to a larger ghetto. He talks about we can't stop while the Negro in the South can't vote and the Negro in New York feels he has nothing to vote for. He goes through step by step and calls out these injustices. The speech is not about a dream. Mahalia Jackson yells out, tell him about the dream, Martin, tell him about the dream. So then he shifts to a speech that he gave a few months earlier in Detroit and starts talking about the dream, the beloved community, but that's after you dismantle white supremacy and racism. The speech was 16 minutes and some change. He was supposed to speak four and a half minutes. Majority of the speech, he spoke extemporaneously. He was the last speaker. The speech when he gave it, wasn't it, it wasn't even a big speech back then. It was late, it was years later that it became a big speech. They keep trying to distract us with the dream, but don't want to deal with dismantling white supremacy and racism, which is what Dr. King was talking about. He's talking about dismantling white supremacy and racism. So they keep talking about his I have a dream speech, but don't tell you what he was talking about in the speech. So we I got a different take on 58 years later. Because and we talked about this in Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday. So that segment where we talk about the 58th anniversary of the March on Washington, we'll share that on Monday because I got to go through and, and, and kind of edit these segments. There's so much work. I have to teach two online classes this weekend. And then uh, where'd I go? Oh, Steve Hood. I was at Steve Hood's funeral Saturday morning, early Saturday afternoon. Okay. Uh, political consultant, talk show host, everybody, my friend Steve Hood. I was at his funeral. Then I had to come home and teach an online course on Saturday. Then when I got finished teaching an online course, my man Taki Grant, director of the film Hapi, called me because he wants me to uh moderate a panel discussion we're going to have a screening of the documentary hot p professor jane small is in the documentary and dr julian malvo and dr wade noble uh it's a lot of people tony Brown is in the documentary hot p um which deals with um economic empowerment uh for african americans it's a hot p tour coming to detroit there's going to be a screening and uh discussion uh sunday september 26 2021 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. I'll be the moderator of a panel discussion. We're going to see if we can, if we, we'll see if um, we can get one of the people uh, besides Taiki who are in the film on the panel. That's, we're putting that together now. So Taiki called me then. I checked Facebook and I saw that there was a blue and white picnic at Chandler Park and nobody told your boy. Nobody told me. Okay. Uh, my, my, uh, Masora, uh, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, uh, Renee uh, Lafitte, she had it post. She was posting pictures on her Facebook page. So I hit her up. I'm like, where is this thing? Place? Nobody told me. So then I shout out to Chandler Park to be with my frat brothers and uh, our source, the Zetas. 
So I've been a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated 31 years, played at Wayne State University, Gamma Oda chapter. Y'all need to hit me up. Let me know about this stuff. You know, some people who I thought would have told me ain't tell me, but that's just that's another story. So I did that, and then I had to get ready for today's show and today's class. I teach a class today at uh was at two o'clock. I had to teach a class, ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach them in school, and then get ready for today's show. So we're going to we're going to talk a little bit today about the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington and what they're fighting for today. I'm going to share a interview from 1993 that James Farmer, who used to head up core, used to be the head of core Congress of racial equality and Wyatt T Walker, who uh, was with the Southern Christian leadership conference and uh, Dr. King. In 1963, June 1963, there was a famous debate that they did with Malcolm X. It's on YouTube. It was, it was on a TV show called Open Lines. And uh, I think the host's name was Richard Hefner. It was a famous debate. 30 years later, the, the, the two men who were still alive, uh, James Farmer and Y.T. Walker, they met with the moderator, Richard, Richard Hefner, to discuss what has happened in the past 30 years and after the civil rights movement, et cetera. And Y.T. Walker talked about how Malcolm X had the most accurate analysis of what was going on back at the time, back in the 60s. OK, we're going to talk about that. And James Farmer talks about how naive they were and how they thought that they were on the verge of defeating racism. They meant well, but what they realized was how deeply ingrained into institutions and into America and into the system racism is. Not a feeling. Bigotry and racism are two different things. Racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race, which comes out of the ideology of European white supremacy. OK, so we will share that with you. Then August 27th, August 28th, 50th anniversary of the March on Washington. Well, August 27th was the anniversary of Axe Handle Saturday. You ever heard of Axe Handle Saturday in 1960? Okay, in Florida? On Axe Handle Saturday, now I've talked about this here on the show before. There was a peaceful sit-in at a whites-only restaurant in Jacksonville, Florida. Civil rights activists were sitting in trying to uh, destroy segregation. And this resulted in an attack by a mob of 200 white people armed with baseball bats and axe handles. It's called Axe Handle Saturday. Okay, and the Klan was supplying them with baseball bats and axe handles. That was August 27th, 1960. So now August 27th also was the anniversary of the death of Haile Selassie, Emperor of Ethiopia, and Dr. W.B. Dubois. Dr. W.B. Dubois died uh, the day before the March on Washington in Ghana, August 27th. But August 27, 1960 was Axe Handle Saturday. Okay, so we've got to talk about that as well. We'll deal with all this on today's episode of the African History Network show. Listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes. Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, 
all positive all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network, subscribe now. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365 and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that will satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Laws and policies that put us in this predicament is going to be laws and policies that take it out. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do a piece what it doesn't know. We have it on a 9:10 a.m. Superstation. 910, the Superstation, Detroit's only African American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, August 29th, 2021, and we are live and we're monitoring Hurricane Ida uh, hitting New Orleans as well. Uh, New Orleans was without power Sunday night, August 29th, as Hurricane Ida battered southeastern Louisiana on the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. The city said the Entergy uh, utility suffered catastrophic damage to a transmission line. Uh, I'm looking at the live updates here from the uh, Washington Post, so we'll try to give you some updates uh, throughout the show. Uh, dealing here with Hurricane Ida knocks out power in New Orleans as it charges inland. Um, Hurricane Ida slammed the coastline Sunday as a Category 4 storm, then weakened to a Category 3 uh, storm with 125 mile per hour winds. The storm is unleashing damaging wind gusts over 80 miles per hour in New Orleans, along with flooding rain along with flooding rain. As the storm charges inland, destructive winds and uh, flooding rain could extend more than 100 miles through Baton Rouge. Okay, so we'll give you uh, another update uh, at the top of the hour. All right, now, 
on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So if you think you are an N-word, you're going to allow people to call you that and respond when they call you that as well. If you think you are an H or a B or a thought or what have you or whatever, you're going to respond accordingly. And I think it's an insult when people call you by those dehumanizing names as well. As, as, as Dr. Joy DeGruy said in post-traumatic slave syndrome, you relabel a people to then justify the mistreatment of a people. You put negative pejorative terms on people to justify mistreating those people. To absolve yourself of any responsibility, absolve yourself of any guilt, because you know you wouldn't treat your own people like that. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter. Also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Now visit our website, uh, also AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for the uh, 10-week online course I teach on Saturdays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. We do this on uh, Saturdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we do it about 100, a little more than 100-year period of history. Each class we go through and analyze about a 10-year period of history to see what happened to us after the Civil War ended, what were the laws and policies put in place to put us in the predicament we're in today. So as soon as you register for that class, uh, you can watch. Uh, we have classes. We do the classes live. All the sessions are recorded and archived. So as soon as you watch it, you can watch the class we just did um, this past weekend. All right, so the class is regularly $130 on sale, $80. Okay, I want to uh, go to this uh, first story here. And uh, we're going to go to clip one here in just a second, uh, Jalen. Uh, so cue that one up, please. All right, so there was this disturbing story um, out of Salinas, um, California. All right. And I saw articles from um, Black Enterprise and I saw articles from different news outlets with this story here. Um, three students suspended for racist acts at Salinas High School football jamboree. Three students suspended for racist acts at Salinas High School football jamboree. Now, this piece right here from uh, KSBW uh, Channel 8. Action News in Salinas. This is from uh, August 27th, Friday, August 27th. Okay. But uh, three students have been uh, suspended in connection to racist, uh, to a racist incidents that took place at last week's Salinas High School football jamboree. According to sources familiar with the matter, two of the students were Hispanic and one was African-American. They were accused of making the racist dial an Instagram uh, page which showcased uh, students posing with the dial. Uh, a white Salinas High School uh, cheerleader who took a photo with the dial has been kicked off uh, the cheer team, okay? Has been kicked off the cheerleading team. 
the incident, uh, the incident happened. So if you ask, okay, what actually happened? The incidents happened on Friday at a jamboree event involving a black doll, a black baby doll that students stomped on, drove over, brutalized, and then posted it all over social media. The doll was named Shaniqua. The doll was named Shaniqua. Quote, they drew cross eyes, uh, they, they drew crosses on the eyes. They put a bandana around her neck and was spinning her around and they put an ankle monitor and it just, and it's just really disgusting. They put an ankle monitor on her like she was like in the prison system. And it's just really disgusting, said Julian Henderson, a Salinas uh, high school senior. Now, the doll was uh, brought out during Friday's, uh, Friday, uh, this would have been uh, Friday, August 20th. The doll was brought out during Friday's football jamboree at the Salinas pit. Cheerleaders took pictures with the dial, and by the weekend, the video of the dial had gone viral and was all the talk on social media. An Instagram account was made for the dial. Okay, now from my understanding, the Instagram, Instagram account has been deactivated, okay? Now, why is this getting so much attention, you may ask? Oh, it's just, it's just entertainment. They didn't mean anything by it. You know, black people call each other the N-words all the time. They didn't mean anything by it. You got, you know, dehumanizing songs like from the baby that talk about dehumanizing African-Americans. What's, what's the problem? Now, the incident and the social media posts quickly circulated among students in Salinas. But the racism garnered national attention after a TikTok video about the dial went viral. The video, which which was posted by TikTok, uh, TikTok user Kimberlim uh, 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 received more than 31,000 views and 700 comments, even after it was taken down and had to be reposted. Even after it was taken down, it had to be reposted. On Instagram, a reshare of the video by Monterey County protest got more than 18,000 likes and nearly 1,000 comments. Now, the story has been covered by national news outlets like the Los Angeles Times and Newsweek. Uh, I want to go to this clip here from uh, KSBW8 uh, Action News. This is a clip of the, there was a meeting that parents had with administrators um, earlier this week. Okay, let's go to clip one, uh, Jalen. The last night's meeting, a lot of calls to the board, not only uh, as for last week's behavior, but also what they said was ongoing racism at Salinas High. Action News 8 reporter Brittany Nielsen continues our team coverage. Last night, local leaders, parents, and most notably, students stepped forward with emotional pleas for the Salinas Union High School District to go deep and end racism and white privilege at Salinas High. We wanted to show you some of the powerful moments from last night's more than four-hour meeting. I will not feel comfortable going to school with kids and think stomping on a doll is like you're representing what you want to do to me and others. Child, well, now you're expecting me to walk in the hall and 
put a tile on my face. And I was like, nothing's wrong when kids are over here. Look, like, it's like, what else do you want to do to me? You're hurt. You're already, you're hurting a dog. I can only imagine what they're thinking in their head when they see me. Just like me, first generation Hispanic, they had to put up with that same uh, situation in the past, as well as many people here who go back to your childhood and they drag you right back down. Not my kid, man. We treat them better. We, we teach them better. You know, the culture is that. The teachers should have stopped it. The administrators that were there should have stopped it. The coaches should have stopped it. What is most appalling is that clearly racist behavior such as this is part, is part of a disturbing pattern at Salinas High School. Behavior that has gone unpunished and unaddressed. This is targeted and predetermined behavior that took place on school grounds and should be met with swift and direct action by administration. While I understand that nobody in this room wants to label their child a racist, behavior like what we witnessed taking place on social media is beyond the realm of kids being kids. The students need to be held accountable, and if that is unacceptable to anyone in this room, then it must be on the adults in the room to take accountability and understand that Salinas High School, as it stands, is not a safe learning environment for students of color. As an educator, it's not my job to teach your kids to not be a jerk. Because the bottom line of this, because we are talking about humanity, period. We can talk about black and white, we can talk about black, white, yellow, purple, green, all of that, but it's humanity. It's the humane treatment of people. Not people of color, but people, period. You use these dolls as play, as imaginary play to teach your children empathy, to teach your children how to socialize. There's a gap in learning for these students, and I can't wait until the restorative justice happens. African-American and Mexican community was attacked on Friday. It was an attack on the Mexican, American, Mexican community, the African-American community. It was an attack. I know a school district, like I said, I went to school in the school district. Push it's quick to um, expel gang members. I need that same energy We have additional coverage on the racism, including how the incident first came to light, as well as the national attention it's received. That's on our website, KSB. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's at their website. Uh, the website is ksbw.com. Okay, so that is from... Uh, KSBW Channel 8 Action News in Salinas, California. Um, Black Enterprise has a uh, article about this also. In this picture they got from the, I think that's a still photo from the video. Uh, that's from uh, Black Enterprise. Now, if we go back to the article from uh, KSBW, okay, I want to go back to this one. Uh, they asked the question, so this is gained national attention. They asked the question, um, how are students responding? Now, on Tuesday, August 24th, the Salinas Union High School District held a board meeting focusing on the racist act. All right. So that was an excerpt uh, of uh, what took place at the board meeting. Students, parents and activists all came together at the board meeting, enough people showed up that an overflow section was set up outside of the board meeting. Many who spoke Tuesday night said they are hoping for accountability 
and beyond that real change accountability and beyond that real change now uh salinas union uh high school district superintendent dan burns said action will be taken against students involved they will face consequences in our district that include but are not limited to suspension from uh school okay all right now we let's see here there was another article so three students uh have been suspended okay and there was a there was also another article from um this one here's from august 27th there was one from august 24th from uh the monterey herald uh racist incident at salinas uh high school addressed uh this one here from uh ksbw is a more updated uh article we talked about this on roland martin unfiltered on friday all right dr avis jones the weaver who you see on the black news channel and she's also a panelist on roland martin unfiltered uh she was uh guest hosting for roland roland was in florida where is it Roland? he's in florida he's in florida okay i think he was in florida uh let's go to this clip Jalen. let's go to clip two three california high school students have been suspended after a video of them abusing a black doll named shaniqua goes viral in the video several students from Salinas high school are seen abusing the black doll and placing the toy in sexual positions Parents say this is not the first time an incident of this caliber has occurred in the school or the district. In a statement, the Salinas Union High School District condemned the terrible act and said in part, the SUHSD does not condone this type of behavior. And although the district has taken steps to support our African-American students and staff, this recent incident demonstrates how much more support is needed. We urge families to also take time to talk with their students about the damaging effects of racist behavior. Counseling is available at all of our school sites for any students who may need support. Racism and racial injustice are in direct opposition to the district's values. Our district will continue our efforts to show that racism and racial injustice have no place in our schools. We are committed to maintaining a safe, positive school environment where all students, staff, parents, guardians, and community members are treated with respect and dignity. Members of the Salinas High School community and the general public continue to swarm social media and online platforms to express their frustration. Bringing back the panel to discuss this. You know, Kelly, when I saw this story and I saw the degree to which they were not only harping physical abuse on this doll, but also sexual abuse on this doll. Uh, it really made me think about the degree to which the black body has historically been dehumanized in this country, uh, both with regards to physical violence and sexual violence, irregardless of sex, right? Um, so, you know, what does this tell us about the fact that we like to think that the younger generation is going to be so much less racist? But honestly, it doesn't look like it, does it? It doesn't, but that's also evidence of racism being taught. 
because it's not like you're born a racist. This is evidence that at home, uh, issues such as race and teaching your children about cultural differences and racial differences and em and embracing humanity as a whole. Those are not discussions being um, talked about at the kitchen table with these white families. Um, you're talking, when you said that, you know, it's evidence of our bodies being dehumanized, specifically it is evidence of black women being hypersexualized, dehumanized, and frankly, disregarded. Um, and the overquoted but ever so relevant quote from Malcolm X being the black woman is the most disrespected um, in, in this country. I mean, that rings true here. It, this is disturbing on so many levels because it's not like this was a, a human blow up doll. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that that would have been any better, but the fact that this is a, this is representative of a child and they're doing this to a doll that is representative of a black child. That shows you just how insidious and how ingrained their racism is. And these kids, I, I'm sure they just saw it as a joke. You know, they see stuff on TikTok all the time. They see the, the lax uh, uh, approaches to race in their own families and in their environments. They probably didn't think this was the big deal outside of it being a joke but that in itself is a problem you know um, and there have been plenty of studies regarding just um, interacting with dolls and what that says about human behavior I mean going so far back as Brown versus boards the doll test regarding that um, and, and there have been doll tests since then that have shown how we interact as humans when you know like how we interact in regards to how we treat the doll. So the fact that they saw this, this child, this black child, and they did this to a black child as they themselves are children, that yeah. part is more disturbing to me than the fact that they just, you know, trashed the toy. It, it's mm -hmm. more insidious than that. There's, there's layers to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, there are layers to it. And before the break, Mike, you, we were just talking a minute ago about critical race theory. And to me, one of the more interesting arguments that I oftentimes hear from those on the right who are saying, oh, my goodness, critical race theory, we don't need that in school. It's making our kids feel as if they're the bad guy. And by the way, my kid's not racist. And we're just teaching them that they're going to be racist. Hell, these kids are racist. I'm sorry. I'm going I'm gonna to go ahead and say that. Okay. Somebody needs to teach them something. I mean, what do you think this tells us about what's lacking in our school system? Because I agree with Kelly. It, it came from someplace. It came from home. So at some point, there needs to be an intervention. Why not have that intervention be embedded in our educational system? Well, yeah, it should be embedded in our educational system. And, and just for clarification, it's important for people to understand that critical race theory is not taught in K-12. That's a legal analysis That's based on grad school. I, I, I took the class. Okay. Yeah, I do. <laughs> what did you say, Kelly? No, I was saying I took, like, that's a law course. Like, I took right. the class. Right, exactly, exactly. So this whole fight over critical race theory is just to put under an umbrella critical race theory. 
saying that white conservatives don't like dealing with racism, systemic racism and slavery, okay? Now, it's important for people to understand. Let me just dissect this quickly. The dehumanization of African people has always been entertainment for this country. You go back to 1828, 1829, T.D. Wright, Thomas Dartmouth Wright, created the Jim Crow character, and he puts on blackface and tattered torn clothing and adopts a southern dialect to dehumanize and lampoon and imitate enslaved Africans, okay? And this, and the, and the minstrel shows become the most popular form of entertainment in this country. You go to 1916, there's a man named Harry C. Brown, who recorded a song on Columbia Records called N-Word, Love of Watermelon, Ha Ha Ha. That's the name of the song. It becomes a big hit. It's on YouTube. You can listen to it. So the, the, the history of this country, the history of slavery, has to be taught in every school across this country because what we're seeing is we're seeing a dehumanization of African Americans that is replicated in media. Okay? I'm about to take it there. Uh, the only reason why R. Kelly allegedly was able to do what he did, allegedly, is because the majority of his alleged victims were black women and black girls. Because if he was outside of a high school, allegedly talking to 15, 16, 17-year-old white girls, that would have stopped years ago. Okay, period. He should be in prison or somewhere else. There's all this to it. But when you have African women who are looked at as the most disrespected women in America, okay, this is how something like this is able to happen. This is the reason why it, you, you would never have any type white female stars do a song like WAP. White corporations, white record companies would not let Taylor Swift, they would not let no white woman do a song like WAP. And the baseline says there's some whores in this house. That's how they think of us. That's why they're able to do it. And if you don't believe me, all you got to do is look at the fact that there was an online petition that a bunch of white people put together to have Kylie Jenner who's a billionaire and white, digitally removed from the video. The reason why is because they were trying to rescue her because you only protect what you respect. You only protect what you respect. So you let those Negroes be the whores in the house. You let those Negroes do stuff like that because that's how they think of us. Lastly, if you read, if you read the details of this doll, the doll's face was reportedly altered to give it the appearance of having abnormally big lips and a facial tattoo, okay? So this is a stereotype, once again, of African-Americans, and we saw that in the menstrual shows. We saw that in the Amos and Andy radio show, things like that. So, yeah, you got to deal with this history. We have to call this out, and I want to see what type of discipline is going to happen and, and, and how is the school district going to make sure nothing like this happens in the future either. You know, that's an excellent point because, you know, the, the school district, Adrian, put out a nice little statement that I think they hope is going to keep them out of the damn courthouse lawsuits, okay? They put out a nice little statement. But there's nothing in the statement about what is actually going to happen to the students who are engaged in this abusive and racist behavior. Right. All right, pause right there, Jalen. Okay, pause so right the there. Yeah, so the students, three students were um, – Suspended. Now I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to get updates. Okay, what does suspension mean? How long are they suspended? Are they suspended at home, or are they suspended in detention? Because suspending them at home, for some students, is a vacation. For other students, I mean, depending upon whether they like their parents or not, it could be, it 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 could be worse than going to school. I don't know. But back in the day, you used to have to go to detention. Okay. Uh, well, you, well, yeah. So 
for suspension, see, they should have to like paint the school. They should have to report to detention and do suspension and detention, not at home where they can watch TV and play games and do things like that. Uh, we'll go to the phone lines here in just a second. But see, they talked about the uh, exaggerated lips, right? It, it deals with this here in the uh, in the story. Uh, they put cross uh, crosses on the eyes. They do crosses on the eyes. They put a bandana around the neck. Um, it also, it has uh, uh, the exaggerated lips. Now, today, um, in my class, we dealt with Joie de Piet, Black Pete. Okay, Joie de Piet, Black Pete. And um, Black Pete is a moor in a celebration that takes place in the Netherlands. All right. You may see uh, uh, early December each year, you may see articles dealing with this parade that takes place in the Netherlands and white people put on black face and Afro wigs and hoop earrings. And they put on a tire like the Moors were wearing in Europe in the 18th century. And it's black Pete coming from Spain along with center class and center class is Dutch for St. Nicholas and center class for father Christmas is the religious figure that the secular figure of Santa Claus is derived from because center class is Dutch, which means St. Nicholas and Santa Claus means St. Nicholas coming from uh, that fourth century Bishop of Myra in modern day Turkey, Nicholas, who was really an Afri who, who was really an African when you study the history, he was really an African. But when you read, so for instance, if you look at this article here, I talked about this earlier today, and I, I do like a three hour lecture dealing with the whole history of Christmas and the origins of Christmas and taking that back to ancient Kemet and, and Mithra amongst the Persians and the Roman festival of Saturnalia and different things like this and the different influences of Christmas, the Dutch influence on, on Santa Claus and center class, things like this. But if we look at this article here from uh, National Geographic, the notorious Christmas character, this notorious Christmas character is dividing a country. This notorious Christmas character is dividing a country. Now, this is from December 6, 2018. All right. Uh, and they hold this, the festival of uh, uh, Joie de Piet, Black Pete, uh, on December 5th. Okay. And one of the things they talk about here is in the Dutch tradition, center class, okay, St. Nicholas, uh, has a helper named Joie de Piet. Black Pete, who is you who usually appears as a blackface character with large gold earrings, because a lot of the male Moors wore large hoop gold earrings, as you see on the uh, uh, as you see on the national flag of Corsica. National flag of Corsica has a, a, a Moor's head and he has a bandana and a hoop earring. And on the national flag of Sardinia, it has four Moors heads on it. Um, um, Renoko Rashidi, and we know Renoko passed away August 2nd. Uh, Renoko Rashidi in his book, Black Star, the African Presence in Early Europe, on page 91, he shows you the national flag of Sardinia with the four Moors heads on it because the Moors were in both Corsica and Sardinia, all right? And they were conquered and in, you have the representation of these African Moors on the national flags. But it says... Uh, 
who uh, the Piet usually appears as a black-faced character with large gold earrings and exaggerated lips, exaggerated lips. And what you do is you not just dehumanize, but you disfigure, you make ugly, you exaggerate features that you that you deem undesirable. You do this on the target of your aggression to then justify mistreating them. They put the dial in sexual positions. They put the dial in sexual positions, okay? Now, I'm about to take it. So, so I broke it down with WAP. All this is connected. People are trying to uh, compartmentalize white supremacy. You can't compartmentalize white supremacy. White supremacy is a system, racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race coming out of an ideology of European white supremacy and racism. People are trying to compartmentalize white supremacy. You can't do that. Dr. Francis Cress Wilson and Nilly Fuller were correct when they said, if you do not understand European white supremacy and racism, what it is and how it works, everything else that you think that you understand will totally confuse you. Okay, now, let, let, let me show you this here, and then we'll go to the phone lines. I, I, I got to get this in. Um, if, you, if you've been watching my show for any length of time, you've heard me talk about Nicki Minaj and the Wax Museum, right? Nicki Minaj and the Wax Museum. And, you, you, and, and back a few years ago, the Root.com had an article about this. There was a Wax Museum uh, there was a wax museum image, Madame Tussauds, uh, Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. They did a statue of Nicki Minaj, okay? The statue was of Nicki Minaj from her Anaconda video, which is really soft porn, okay? Her Anaconda video. And they, they, they show her bent over, bent over scantily clad. Now, to be fair, Nicki Minaj, approved of the approved of the the image approved of the um the statue which shows how at least at the time crazy she was to do that but then something strange happened right some people who went to go see the statue started molesting the statue there, there are stories written about people who were molesting the statue of Nicki Minaj, like this idiot right here, I don't know his name, but we're gonna make his ass famous. Like this idiot right here, who, th there were people who were doing to Nicki Minaj what those students were doing to that dollar Shaniqua. They were, th th there, was, th there was one picture of a woman with dollar bills acting like Nicki Minaj was a stripper. If you go through and research this, they showed them grabbing her behind. Put, do, doing all types of um, uh, all types of sexual uh, all types of sexually explicit things to her. Why would you think that's acceptable? Why would you think that's acceptable? Does it maybe have something to do with the way that at least white corporations present Nicki Minaj that make you think it's acceptable? When you go study the story, People were abusing it so much they had to hire security guards to stand around a wax a wax statue to keep people from sexually abusing a wax statue of a black woman. And Negroes want to sit up talking about this just entertainment. Yeah, they're laughing at your dumb ass. Let's go to uh, let's go to the phone lines, Jalen. Who we have line one? 
We got Stan. Hello? Yeah. Who, uh, hey, hey, welcome to the African History Network show. Thanks for holding. Who's this? Is it Stan? Yes, it is. Stan. Okay, okay. We're coming up on a break, Stan. I'm going to hold yes. you over, but go ahead and start with your comment. We're going to hold you over the break, okay? Okay. My, yeah, my, my, my sub subject is uh, this artist by the name of Weekend. Um, okay, the artist of Weekend has, from Canada, right? He's from Canada, right? Canada, Ethiopian uh, brother. Mm -hmm. uh, I first came aware of him about a couple years ago when I was in Canada, and I saw a video that I can't find here in the United States, even though some of his videos here are, are very disturbing. But the one that was in Canada, he uh, actually uh, uh, buried a, a black woman alive and, and, uh, and you know, wrapped her up in plastic, take her mouth up, and, and buried her alive. Mm. And, and it was very difficult. Okay, Stan, uh, hold, hold, hold the line. We, we, we're coming up on a break, Stan. We're going to hold you over the break, and we'll come right back to you after the break. Okay, stand by. All right, you listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel, 313-778-7600. Here's the call-in number if you have a question or comment. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting, LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle her hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustler Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, 
thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Whatever's disseminated becomes imitated. This is what I'm trying to. This is, this is what I'm trying to explain to people. I've been studying media for 30 years. This 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 is programmed. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies. We're the only people that accept nonsense man like that. Or woman's thoughts. You can choose the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do a teacher. And then, and then think it's okay. a.m. Superstation. WFDF Farmington Hills, Detroit, 910 AM Superstation, a division of Adele Media. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 910 AM Superstation or Adele Media. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Sunday, August 29th. 2021 and we are live the call in numbers 313-778-7600 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment we're going to go back to the phone lines in just a second here okay let's go back to um let's go back to stan uh we were talking to stan right before the break stan thanks for holding go ahead and finish your comment yeah so i just wanted to bring attention to that uh the artist uh the weekend. I think I think he's really been under the radar for uh, this type of video that he, he puts out. If you if you watch his videos, I mean, he he's got a voice like uh, like Michael Jackson. He moves like Michael Jackson. He's got an innocent voice. Mm-hmm. But his videos, every video I've seen in the United States and the, and the ones in Canada are much more explicit. But the but the, every video I've seen in the United States, he there's a black woman in there. He he moved he moved all the way up to murdering him. And typically, they always start seeing women. There's always women in his videos, but the only one that he uh, comes up to the the edge of murdering them are black women. Mm, okay, okay. I've seen a few of his videos. You know, I see a few few of his videos. I'll go back and take a look at that also. Yeah, three, two, and. Uh, I think the word needs to get out because he he is he is a very he's a top artist. Mm-hmm. He not only is popular with uh, African Americans, but he's definitely popular across the world. Yeah, and uh, I think he did the Super Bowl last year. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, brother. Okay. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling, Stan. Keep. Hey, where are you calling from, Stan? Where are you calling from? Okay, we lost Stan. Okay, I want to know where he's calling from. And then also he mentioned Michael Jackson. Today's Michael Jackson's birthday. Uh, we know Michael Jackson passed away June 25th, 2009, but Michael Joseph Jackson was born August 29th, 1958, the greatest entertainer of all time. Uh, many people say uh, Michael Jackson. The day is Michael Jackson's birthday, August 29th, 1958. The day is also the birth date of one Isabel Sanford. George. George. <laughs> Wheezy Jefferson. <laughs> I was watching Jefferson's last night <laughs> on uh, <laughs> on TV one. Um, Isabel Sanford was born August 29th, 1917. She was born the same year as the silent, um, the silent March in 1917 with 10,000 African-Americans were marching down, uh, Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Um, 
fighting for a uh, federal anti-lynching uh, uh, law, okay, federal anti-lynching bill. But uh, Isabel Sanford, today's her birthday also. Uh, the National Music Society, uh, National R&B Music Society, Inc., they have some information about Michael Jackson. We shared this on our social media platforms today or on Facebook, our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, and my YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotel. So uh, uh, August 29th, 1958, the birthday of the king of pop, uh, Michael Jackson. All right. So let's go back to, uh, I want to go back to this clip here. Uh, I'm sorry, not to the clip. Um, I was able to find the article I was looking for from um, dealing with uh, Nicki Minaj. And this deals with the Max Wax Museum. So there was an article from August 20th, 2015. Everybody go read this article. This is from the root.com. I'm not a big fan of the root, but every now and then they have a good article or two. Nicki Minaj wax figure reduces famous rapper to famous rump. Nicki Minaj wax figure reduces famous rapper to famous rump. Okay, now I'm not against women being in tune with their sexuality. I'm not in, I mean, <laughs> I've said this before. I think I can say it on the radio. I mean, no, nobody loves a WAP more than I do, but also, I mean, there, there's some limitations on like how you, how you, uh, the lyrics and the imagery, there's limitations there. I mean, I'm not, I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, look, come on now. I mean, <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so you have this image here and this is the wax museum. You got this African-American woman with dollar, I guess that dollar bill, look like dollar bills. There may be some tens and twenties in there, something like that. But she acts like she's at the strip club. She's reducing Nicki Minaj down to a stripper. Okay. And there, it, when you go research this, read this article and go research this and there were there was so much abuse to this statue that madame tussauds uh wax museum had to hire security guards to stand around and protect a wax statue of a black woman they had the, the so so it takes us to it and there are other images here you can show. I'm not going to show some of the other images, but there are other images that you see of them dehumanizing the statue of Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj is a multimillionaire. And they're doing that to a statue of her. How do you think they, how do you see there's something called adultification bias? See, this is what's so dangerous about negative corporate control hip hop. And, and I dealt with this. If you go to my Facebook page and YouTube and, you know, what we'll, we'll, we'll probably do, we'll probably put the video that I did. I did a panel discussion with some sisters, Herb Alchemist, uh, who's a positive hip hop artist, heck of a Mecca uh, and Jade Arendelle. Um, we'll probably put that video on the homepage of our website so it's easy for you to see it. And it was a, a panel discussion. It was about an a hour and a half that we did. And it was back in August 2020. The song WAP, and I'm not picking, I'm not picking on them. I'm, I'm talking about the white people behind this, behind WAP. This, this, this was financed by Atlantic Records. See, we got to understand that they, you have white people financing negative corporate controlled hip hop. 
that's destructive to African-Americans and they use African-Americans to market this to us. So they use two women of African descent to market a song that part of the song is really, if you listen, if you go to azlyrics.com and read the lyrics, the, the explicit lyrics, it's really promoting prostitution. If you listen to the lyrics. So most of the criticism is not on Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, even though there's a small portion of it there. It's the people who allow this and finance it and market it. Atlantic Records. Because they wouldn't let a white woman do this. They, 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 they wouldn't let a Taylor Swift or any top white female artist. They wouldn't finance a white woman doing this. And the baseline says approximately 79 times there's some, there's some H's in this house. Because they understand that whatever is disseminated becomes imitated. They understand the program. So uh, read this article here from The Root. And uh, let, me go to the, let me go to the next topic here because we got other topics to get to in this show. Uh, I'm going to do a follow-up. Uh, I want to get some more information here dealing with uh, the story because I, with uh, the three students suspended for racist attacks at Salinas High School. One, I want to find out, okay, they're suspended for how long? What does that mean? Does that mean they stay at home? Do they have to do homework during suspension? Do they have to come to school and clap erases? Do they have to paint the school? What does that mean, suspension? Number one. Number two, I want to get a clarification here because it says uh, three students have been suspended in connection to racist incidents that took place at last week's Salinas High School football jamboree, according to sources familiar with the matter. Two of the students were Hispanic and one was African-American. They are accused of making the racist dial an Instagram page which showcased students posing with the dial. A white Salinas high cheerleader who took a photo with the dial has been kicked off the cheer team. Okay, so I want to get to the bottom of this. How many students were actually involved? How many students were involved in abusing the dial? What's going on? If, if Negroes were involved in abusing the dial, they should be suspended also. They, they, they need to have a, a, they need to have a deprogramming session because nothing is more dangerous than a certified Negro that's still under warranty. I'm going to be honest. Dr. Layla Africa said in, in Hidden Colors 4, do uh, nothing's more dangerous than a certified Negro that's still under warranty. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to, um, hold on. Let me see where are we now. Okay, let's go to Jerome. Okay, Jerome, Jerome, line two. Jerome, welcome to the African History Network show. Tell us where you're calling from. I'm calling from Detroit, Michigan. And thank you for taking my call. Okay. Actually, I was supposed to call you back on this a couple of months ago. We were talking about critical theory and about schools, but I got a I got a statement and a, a question. But, okay. Uh, first of all. Uh, no student should be able to graduate from any institution or public school institution without knowing our story in its entirety mm -hmm. with all of its graphics. Um, you said with all of its graphics? You're talking about critical. Did you say with all of its graphics? All of graphics. Okay. With all of its graphics. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to make money in a, in a, in a, in a, in a graph business over 30 years, but I turned it down because of this reason. Right. But we were talking about it, critical. 
Hey, just just a second, Jerome. Jerome, are you on a speakerphone or a Bluetooth earpiece? Um, uh, huh? Say that again. Your voice is kind of muffled, so it's hard to hear you because we're going through. Your voice is kind of muffled. Are, are you on a speakerphone or a Bluetooth earpiece? Jerome. Did we lose Jerome? Jerome is still there. Okay, Jerome, uh, did you put it on mute? Okay, we couldn't hear you. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, um, we were talking about, the last time I called you, we were talking about critical race theory. Right. And and I was saying that both uh, parties are working together. When we were talking about uh, the Vice President and Tim Scott saying America's not a racist country, and I was uh, about to let you know that you can't tell me that they didn't practice proofread and approve of those speeches and did not know the outcome because most people that knows anything about the music business knows that people only remember sound bites. And if you fast forward to George's first words of their resolution was America's not a racist country and 16 other states followed with the same language. Uh, the president, along with the Republicans, opened up the floodgates for critical race theory. Which and president? What really needs to happen is... Which, pres uh, which, which president? Because it was, it was the executive order from Donald Trump in September 2020 that attacked critical race theory where, where, where all this stuff started. So which president are you referring to? Well, I'm, for, I'm, for, I'm referring to uh, Joe Biden because you can't tell me that they didn't practice and proofread those speeches and didn't know the outcome. I don't care what she said afterwards. She helped the white community when she said America is not a racist country. What did she say after that? What did she say after that? Well, uh, well, she tried to clean it up. But no, she wanted to explain. Did, let me let me ask you a question. The interview that George Stephanopoulos mm -hmm. did with Vice President Kamala, Kamala Harris was about six minutes. Did you see the entire interview? Yes, I did. Because if you saw the entire interview, at the beginning of the interview, she talked about Joe Biden dealing with white supremacy and white supremacists. That's in the same interview. If you if you look at what she said after that, slow slow down. If you look at what she said after that, she talked about dealing with racism in this country and calling racism out in this country as well. That's in the, that's in the same six minute interview. Vice President uh, uh, Senator Tim Scott is dealing with something different because Senator Tim Scott. Black Tea Party Republican from uh, South Carolina really does not want to acknowledge that racism exists. And he represents a party that many of them are saying systemic racism does not exist. And then that Sunday, that interview was on a Thursday. That Sunday, Tim Scott was on Face the Nation attacking the $4 billion in debt relief for black farmers and native american farmers and hispanic farmers because the because the senior senator the senior senator from south carolina lindsey graham was on fox news calling that debt relief reparations and saying it was racist so this is something this is something much bigger and then when you look at what senator tim scott said after that line uh talking about america's not a racist country which is which is their overall attack on which is oh, their overall attack on what they label critical race theory. They can't tell you what critical race theory is. What, what Republicans are doing is they're taking everything that they don't like dealing with 
racism, systemic racism, slavery, things like this, and put it under an umbrella of critical race theory. They have no clue what critical race theory is because it's not taught in K through 12 schools. But the next line he said was, he said it was, he said it was wrong to use something like uh, race specific uh, laws or something to address racism. Okay. And because what, because what they're really saying is they don't want to address systemic racism in this country and they want to act like it doesn't exist. Okay, that's what they're doing. And the speech that Tim Scott delivered, that was the speech, that was the rebuttal on behalf of Republicans to the speech that Joe Biden gave. That's what people have to understand. The speech that he gave, when you go through and dissect it, that speech was about 15, 16 minutes. That speech is the ideology of the white nationalist party, also known as the GOP. Go ahead with your last statement because we're coming up on the break. Well, I understand that, but uh, I still say that people only remember sound bites. Well, that's and that's a problem with the people. That's a problem with the people. Now, that's why that's why shows like this are important to dissect that information. That's why shows like this are important to dissect that information because people don't go and and read the whole speech or listen to the whole speech that Senator Tim Scott gave, and they don't listen to the full interview that Vice President Kamala Harris gave, and they don't read the full statements and articles. They have to read the full statements as well. Because you make false equivalencies and, and, and you'll get hoodwinked. You'll make that's false equivalencies and you'll get hoodwinked. We can't allow that to happen. So the president needs to issue executive orders just to tell the rest of his story, which will automatically include our story. And there will be no need for any discussion about critical race theory. Uh, so he needs to be. There's not a need for critical. There's not a need for discussion of critical race theory now. They're making this up. Republicans in 2019, exactly. critical race theory wasn't an issue. 20, critical race theory is it, it, critical race theory was created decades ago, like going back to 1960s. It's it's a manu is manufactured, and is being is being hyped by Fox News, OAN things like this. Critical race theory is not an issue. But thanks for thanks for calling back. We're coming. Thanks for coming calling back. We're up against a, a break. Okay. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to go to, uh, I, I got to get these other topics in. So the March on Washington, the 50th, 58th anniversary of the March on Washington took place uh, on Saturday in, in Washington, D.C. Now, there were two marches. Uh, one, you had one Reverend Al Sharpton and, and his group in Martin Luther King III. Then you had one uh, Black Voters Matter, Latasha uh, uh, Brown and, and, and others. Uh, and they're both fighting for the same thing. OK, um, so organizers for the march, organizers for uh, March, uh, March on for voting rights said the event is a way to demand, quote, that elected officials protect democracy, denounce voter suppression and ensure fair, easy to the vote. Ensure fair, easy access to the vote for all through the passage of comprehensive federal legislation. End quote. According to uh, their website, now August twenty eighth also marks the fiftieth anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. August twenty eighth, nineteen sixty three. It was about two hundred fifty thousand people marched in Washington, both African Americans and white people, uh, and witnessed. Uh, so this article here, at NBC News, witnessed Dr. King delivers "I Have a Dream" speech in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Once again, as I said at the top of the show, I wish people do. It ain't like that's the most important speech in history. It's not because 
first of all, his speech, I've been to the mountaintop, is a better speech than this one here. Secondly, it's a more important speech. Third, Dr. King was the last speaker on that day. Some people had already left. That speech was not a major speech back at that time. It was only years later it became a major speech. Now, we know this past Tuesday, the um, House Democrats marked the anniversary by passing the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. John Lewis, but they, they asked, A. Philip Randolph asked John Lewis to tone down his speech that he was given because uh, 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 John Lewis was going to call out President Kennedy. Okay? John Lewis, so it's like people just keep focusing on Dr. King on that day. No respect to Dr. King. It's like, it ain't like he was the only speaker. So uh, the vote was 219 to 212. 212 Republicans voted no on the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Okay? We'll deal with this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. For 25 years, the Black History 101 Mobile Museum has carried on the rich legacy of the Black Museum movement in America by showcasing original artifacts of the Black experience at colleges, universities, K-12 schools, corporations, libraries, conferences, and cultural events, making it the most traversed Black History Mobile exhibit in American history. Dr. Khalid El Hakim is the founder of the Black History One-on-One Mobile Museum, and he is a highly sought-after public speaker on topics of black history, social studies, education, museum studies, hip-hop, and race relations. Dr. Khalid was named among the changemakers for NBC Universal's Erase the Hate campaign and listed as one of the 100 Men of Distinction for Black Enterprise. He recently founded the Michigan Hip Hop Archive on the campus of Western Michigan University. The Black History One-on-One Mobile Museum is currently scheduling in-person and virtual exhibits nationwide. For more information, please contact Dr. Khalid Al-Hakim directly at 313-645-4197, 313-645-4197, or visit their website at blackhistorymobilemuseum.com. That's blackhistorymobilemuseum.com. You can also email him at bhistory101 at yahoo.com, bhistory101 at yahoo.com. Nine Superstation, the oldest radio station in town since 1922. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, August 29th, 2021, and we are live. Calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment. Okay, um, 
we've talked about this article before. Go back and watch the videos where I've done going through this and gone through this ad nauseum. Uh, all the evidence is there. Uh, read this article here from the Washington Post. Senator Tim Scott's comments on race ignite the fiery debate. We went, I went through this and broke this down step by step by step. This is from April 29th, 2021, Washington Post. This was um, the rebuttal speech. This was the GOP rebuttal to Joe Biden's speech to a joint session of Congress. Okay, this was so Tim Scott delivered the speech, but it's the it's the GOP rebuttal. Tim Scott said, hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. He then went on. See, people missed the most important thing that he said in the speech. Most important thing Tim Scott said in the speech was what he said next. He said, quote, it's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. And it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. Because Tim Scott has been attacking the $4 billion in, in debt relief for African-American farmers and Native American farmers, and Latino farmers. Tim Scott is against reparations. Lindsey Graham is against reparations. Lindsey Graham has been attacking this. The, the Republicans don't want to deal they, they don't want to have policies that address systemic racism because many Republicans say systemic racism doesn't exist. Therefore, they're saying if you have policies to address systemic racism, then the policies are racist. The remedy, this they're calling the remedy racist, okay, and don't want to deal with that. Read this, read this full article here. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. All right, now. Uh, I want to go to this next story here. So NBC News, we, we, we talked about this on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday. Uh, Dr. Avis Jones, the Weaver, was sitting there for Roland. Um, I'll share that segment on Monday show. Okay, we'll share it on Monday show because I didn't have time to go through it. And we're only here for two hours on, on Sunday. Um, I want to go to uh, this clip here. Now, NBC Nightly News dealt with uh, the March on Washington, okay? And then also uh, Alex Witt on MSNBC uh, dealt with it as well, uh, the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington. Now, it's important for people to note, the, there's, a, there's, there's a kind of a disconnect, I think, between what mainstream media is saying and um, what activists are saying. Because the activists are saying, look, we ain't here trying to remember something. We're not really here commemorating something. We're here dealing with the fight that's going on right now. Because I looked at some of the coverage, mainstream media, MSNBC, and I looked at this stuff, and they keep associating this with Dr. King, and I have a dream speech, and they, they didn't talk, really talk about what the speech was about besides voting rights. But if we look at this piece here from um, NBC News, thousands expected in Washington, D.C. to march for voting rights, okay? Uh, and I'm going to pull this up here. Uh, this comes after 212 Republicans voted no on the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Act, voting, uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. After many of these Republicans in the House of Representatives sat up there and cried when John Lewis died and talked about how great he was and how they're going to miss their friend and, and, and all this stuff. 
And and this is what I said um, early in the week when when the bill passed. I think it was Tuesday night on Tuesday show. I said you can't spend three hundred and sixty four days out of the year disman dismantling John Lewis legacy or dismantling Dr. King's legacy. And then you want to show up to the commemoration of uh, the March on Washington, or you want to show up to Dr. King Day, the Dr. King Day celebration and things like that. OK, when you when you have people like this, especially Republicans, but they could be Democrats, it could be independents, whoever it is. When you when you have people like that, you got to call their behinds out. You have to call them out. You can't work year round dismantling Dr. King's legacy and then show up to the corporate sponsored breakfast honoring Dr. King. And then you're going to get up there and say a few, say a few words. Now, we, we need to tear your ass up. Bottom line. It needs to be no holes barred to, 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 to deal with what you've been doing 364 days out the year. So if we look at this, uh, piece here quickly and then we're going to go to this these two clips and i want to go to this clip dealing with malcolm x um organizers for the march on voting rights said the event is a way to demand that elected officials protect democracy denounce voter suppression and ensure fair easy access to the vote for all through the passage of comprehensive federal legislation according to their website now we know the John Lewis Voting Rights Act has a harder fight in the Senate because you're going to need 60 votes, which means you're going to need 10 Republicans to vote for the bill because people keep saying Democrats control the Senate. Democrats have a 50 50 majority in the Senate with Vice President Kamala Harris being a tiebreaker on votes that, that that requires 51 votes to pass. But most bills in the Senate require 60 votes. Which means you need 10 Republicans. This is what I was explaining to people. This is what I was explaining to people dealing with the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. This is what I said back in in May when Representative James Clyburn came out with his statements about qualified immunity and saying we don't have to get qualified immunity right now. And then you had people like Tamika Mallory and all these activists, you know, want to call him out and say, uh, no, you, we got to have qualified immunity, blah, blah, blah. No, you don't. Get the rest of the bill passed now. You need 10 Republicans to vote for qualified, to remove qualified immunity. Name me 10 Republicans in the Senate that are going to vote to remove qualified immunity. They don't exist. Well, what the hell are we still arguing about then? So then it came out last week. It came out last week that uh, Democrats, Karen, uh, Karen Bass of California, Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey, negotiating for Democrats with Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina negotiated for Republicans. They can't come to come to an agreement on qualified immunity. So it's not going to be in the bill. They're not going to remove it. I told you that back in May. I told you back in May, it wasn't going to work. But people trying to be woke as opposed to focusing on winning. I told you in May that wasn't going to work. Take that BS out. Come back and get it later or get it in the, in the or get it after the 2022 midterm election. You if you can't get 10 Republicans to vote for the bill is not going to pass, period. You can hallucinate whatever reality you want on whatever type of medicinal marijuana or mushrooms you use. If you can't get 10 Republicans to vote for the bill, they ain't gonna pass. That's all there is to it. And as I said before, if 
qualified immunity is not the most important thing in the bill. Go back and watch the uh, the, the video we did. Uh, the, go back and watch the show. I think it was Tuesday show. People keep talking about qualified immunity. That's not the most important thing in the bill. It means you have HR 1280. Go to congress.gov and read HR 1280. The most important thing in the bill is lowering the federal standard from willful intent down to negligence, which is the standard to, for the feds to be able to prosecute police officers. Qualified immunity is a civil lawsuit. Nobody's going to prison over that. What's a bigger deterrent is when they start prosecuting more uh, officers in criminal court and convicting them in criminal court and they go to prison and become felons. And then they, and, 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 and they're in prison, they can't practice law anymore. They lose certain rights. That's a bigger deterrent than a civil lawsuit. I'm for removing qualified immunity, but if you can't get it passed, take that out the bill, get the rest of the bill passed. There was a fact sheet um, there was a fact sheet dealing with the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Uh, people should check out, let me see, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act uh, fact sheet here, judiciary.house.gov. We went through this um, uh, early in the week on the show. Go read this. This is at judiciary.house.gov. Okay, this is uh, the House of Representatives official website, house.gov. Go read actually what's in HR 1280. Qualified immunity is what they keep talking about in uh, in the media. Okay, they don't tell you that if they remove qualified, if 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 they repeal qualified immunity, then insurance companies are going to start start selling police mis, uh, police uh, 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 misconduct uh, insurance to cover them to cover civil lawsuits. Like they sell insurance policies to cities to cover oftentimes police misconduct lawsuits. They're not talking about that. They're not talking about the fact that police unions are going to help them raise money to pay the civil lawsuits, to help police officers pay the civil lawsuits. You know that insurance companies are going to start selling police misconduct lawsuits because, because insurance companies are selling insurance for your dog or your cat called pet insurance if they have to have expensive operations. You think they're not going to sell police uh, misconduct or police liability uh, insurance to 800,000 law enforcement professionals and they're going to have to buy it to, to, to be able to be in law enforcement? Go read the bill. You can go to congress.gov, search for HR 1280 and actually read what's in HR 1280. Qualified immunity is not the most important thing. That's just what they talk about in the media. So people just repeat that nonsense. I said Clyburn was correct back in May. He's correct now. I told you, I told you they're not going to come to an agreement on qualified immunity. Why? Because 10 Republicans are not going to vote to repeal it. Most of those Republicans are endorsed by police unions. They're not going to, they're not going to remove that. That's why in the 2022 midterm election, more Republicans had to be voted out of office in the Senate. More of the right type of either Democrats or, or independents have to be voted in the office. So you break that 60 vote threshold. We can debate on the filibuster all we want to, but I don't think they're going to get rid of it. Not not in this uh, 117th Congress that was sworn in January 3rd. They may do a carve out to pass the Voting Rights Act. They may do a carve out for that. But I don't think they're going to get rid of it. But what we do know is if you get if you get north of 60, 
even if Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kristen Sinema of Arizona defect and vote against the Democrats, you still, if you're north of 60, if you, if so, if it's like 62, even if those two defect, you still got 60, you can still break the filibuster. You can still get these bills passed. So we have to think long-term as opposed to just one election cycle. All right, let's go to, I want to go to clip number three here. This is from uh, NBC Nightly News. This is talking about, this is from August 28th. And this is talking about uh, those in, in, involved in the fight for voting rights. Let's go to this clip, Jalen. Tonight, marches across America demanding protections for voting rights. We need to be here and let our governments know that we truly believe in the voting rights for all. And that ways to keep poor people from voting, to keep black and brown people from voting, to keep disabled people from voting. And if you fall under any of those categories, you need to be out here and doing whatever it takes. In our nation's capital, a show of force with activists and civil rights leaders pressuring Congress to pass legislation that would protect elections and voters at the federal level. We must remain engaged to create the accountability, the political power that leads to change. That message landing on the 58th anniversary of the March on Washington, when Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech. I have a dream. Today's organizers say 48 states have introduced nearly 400 bills this year, amounting to voter suppression. In Texas, Republican House members just approved a bill banning drive-through polling places and 24-hour voting. Democrats said the legislation would disproportionately affect people of color. The political battles over the right to vote a reality then and now. Kathy Park, NBC News, New York. Okay. So that's from uh, NBC Nightly, Nightly News from August 28th, uh, 2021. Dealing with the 50th anniversary, but the fight continues because, you know, and Reverend Al Sharpton talked about this. You, and, you know, Reverend Al Sharpton shows here on the network uh, Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, you know, I agree with him on some things and disagree on other things, but he's correct. He said, dude, we ain't there. We ain't there just to commemorate what happened 50 years ago, he said, we have a fight going on right now. All right. It is uh, oftentimes people just want to be nostalgic and deal with uh, what happened back then. It's like, no, the fight, I, I said this on Roller Martin and Filter Friday, Jim Crow and Jane Crow had children and grandchildren, you know, so we're dealing with the children and grandchildren of Jim Crow and Jane Crow. You know, they're like baby's kids, the baby's kids of white supremacy. They don't die. They multiply. That's what we're dealing with. And, and this is um, one of the mistakes that people make is they think that victories are permanent. No, they're not. This is a fight. This is a battle. It's like the Decepticons and the Autobots, the Transformers. They keep fighting. They've been fighting like, what, 40 years? <laughs> okay. It's, not, it, it's never over. This is the same thing here. People are always trying to take away what you have. People are always trying to come back and pass laws to suppress you because uh, uh, many times people see uh, your advancement as uh, their regression. They see your advancement oftentimes at their expense. Okay. It's an old saying. Um, uh, when you've had privilege all your life, equality seems like oppression. 
when you've had privilege all of your life, equality seems like oppression. So we have to engage in political self-defense and, and, and perceive these attacks coming and understand how to protect gains that were made while we ward off attacks as well. Because people are trying to always, the, 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 the gains are not permanent. People are always trying to come back and pass laws to suppress you and reverse your, your progress and things like that. So we, we have to be cognizant of that. That's why those people who are posing threats to you and keep voting against your interests and trying to pass laws that attack you, you got to fire them, vote them out of office. You can't let them stay in office and keep doing us harm. That's not even logical. All right. Uh, 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. If you have a question or comment, 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. If you have a quick question or comment. Um, okay, do we have Gary on the line? Okay, yeah. okay, hey, Gary, thanks for holding. Tell us who you're calling from. Go ahead quickly with your question or comment. Hey, Gary from New Jersey. Gary from New Jersey. Yes, I'm a student. I'm a student also of Black history, of African history, and I study the patterns of Europeans in terms of, you know, the colonial... um, Colonialism? Every country, you realize that every country globally at one time or another was invaded by the Europeans. And so when they invade a country, the first thing that they do is impose, you know, a system of first the language, whatever language of the country that's invaded. Mm-hmm. They force their language on, on the local people and then they force their religion. Mm-hmm. Then they set up a, um, a caste system with a, a hierarchy um, with white at the top of the caste system. Right, like in India. Done in every like in India when the British uh, well, colonized India. That's, only, that's the main place that they they try to they try to um, convince people that the caste originated in India, but the caste mm-hmm. is a European word. There's, there's no equivalent of the word caste in any Asian language, mm-hmm. period. It's, it originated, it's, it originally was Portuguese word castus. Mm-hmm. That means race. The, the word caste means race. In English, it's um, caste, but they set up a caste system in every colony. Um, if you go to Angola, the Portuguese, they started um, with this caste system, race um, separation system. In South Africa, for instance, like um, they had the white at the top, and then they had the um, Indian second, and then they had what's called colors. The colors was like a mixed. African, a lighter skin right. African, you know, person, right? And right. Then the black, he's at the bottom of every caste system like that they set up in every country, to, and including the United States, you know, like if you read the, um, the notes on Virginia slavery written by Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. he says that, um, he said, the Indians, he said, oh, they stand a chance, he said, but the African, he said, the black, it's not even human or something. He says, like, uh, there's no way that they can ever be equivalent to a white person, you know? Okay. That's what um, Thomas Jefferson. Right. 
he writes it on his and his book, you know, what they call the notes on Virginia slavery or something like that. Okay. But in every it's like whatever country you visit in the world, like if you go around the world because Europeans are the only people to do so, with the exception of Japan, who briefly they invaded like Korea and and parts of China. But there's no other country like in Africa or whatever that left their respective country and went to other countries and and, and invaded and raped and plundered and then forced their language and, and, right, and right. their... Um, and, you know, that um, hierarchy of caste system. They forced the caste system. Like, if you go to the Pacific, for instance, like, whatever island that you visit, right. you can tell which European, like, which European invaded the country by the language that they're Exactly. They, they impose a language uh, of the oppressor on the oppressed, and it teaches them to see reality through the eyes of the oppressor. Okay. I got it. I got to move on. I got to move on, Gary. Gary, do me a favor. Call back tomorrow night because we run out of time here and I got to get to this other information. Call back tomorrow night. We'll be on 11 p.m. tomorrow night. Right. All right. Thanks okay. for calling, Gary. Thanks. Okay. Um, this is what we're going to do, uh, Jalen. We're going to go to clip five. Remembering Malcolm X with Y.T. Walker and James Farmer. Okay. We're going to go to clip five. Now, this is from 1993. 1993. All right. This was a 30-year follow-up to the famous debate uh, that took place in June 1963. Okay, June 1963. Because it was like the day before, uh, I think it was like the day before or a few hours uh, uh, before Megar Evers was assassinated. Okay. So here you have um, 1993 and James Farmer and Y.T. Walker and Richard Hefner was the host of the show Open Lines, Open Lines on uh, PBS. And they came back together to talk about what's happened in the past 30 years back at the time, what's happened in the past 30 years, the civil rights movement. Uh, gains that were made, holding holding on to gains, all different types of things like that. And they also talk about Malcolm X. Okay, let's go to this clip. Enterprise, if it does come, but, uh, I right no, but racism um, can be overcome. We socialize our kids from the beginning of their consciousness to believe that they somehow are superior to people of different cultures. Um, and that being different is somehow being bad. If, it's, uh, if you do have to be taught to hate, you do have to be taught to be a racist, then it is equally true that you can be untaught. But let me turn that around. Do you believe that you have to be taught to hate? Of course you do. Oh, of course you do. South Pacific was right. In that uh, musical, it said, do you have to be taught? They have to be taught. They have to be carefully taught to hate. And it is true. Children, uh, before they are socialized by their parents and their peers and their schools, don't hate people because of differences. So that, is, that is the reason, Richard, why so many Americans, white Americans, do not feel or understand that they are racist. They are racist involuntarily. It's the way things have always been, and they think they're being American, and if you're American, you are racist. Now, may I say one of the things about Malcolm was that um, in his pre days, he believed that white racism was genetic. In other words, they had it, 
God or Allah, as he would have put it, gave it to them, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, after Mecca, he saw that that was not true. He, in Mecca, saw white Muslims worshiping Allah, kneeling beside him. And he convinced them that racism, as he has witnessed it in America, was learned and not genetic. And if it is learned, I repeat, it can be unburned. So, Jim, nearly 30 years ago, you said you thought it would take maybe five years, maybe 10 years, and you could go fishing. <laughs> but I remind you of that. It was Wyatt is right. I'll go fishing in the next life now. Yeah, both, of us, both of us were more optimistic about the possibility of change in American society than we needed to be. And I confess in this redo that... Uh, Malcolm was more accurate about an assessment of where America was on race than we were at that point in time. Yes, but the funny thing is he began to change his position. Well, he was given a very clear analysis of how the two strains of philosophy move toward each other. And I think he's absolutely accurate in that regard. It is that the uh, civil rights movement as we knew it in the 60s uh, incorporated as a part of it is black identity, Afrocentrism, and Malcolm softened his position about all white people being blue-eyed devils. And that's, a, that's an absolutely clear and straightforward analysis of what has happened. The side effect has been that with the rise of ethnic pride, somehow, in a bizarre way, uh, the ethnic pride of blacks has induced a climate of ethnic communities. It is sharpen their resentment and hostilities. I have thought people are not like that. True, too. I, I do want to emphasize that we made some changes. Wyatt made some changes. The SCLC made some changes. And CORE did, too, in this country. We did wipe out Jim Crow for all practical purposes. We just overestimated the impact that would have on changing the life condition of the black American. And I think it needs to be said, uh, although it doesn't sound like from my earlier comments, uh, it, it was a significant change. Yes. When you consider that segregation, both by mores and by legal fiat, have been in place for nearly a hundred years, and our movement in a decade and a half completely dismantled segregation by Moray and Tia. Right. So that is a significant, but it did not solve the deeper problem, as Jim has outlined, about racism that was in the body politic of, of this nation. And I believe that we can solve that problem, too. You think there are going to be those, there will be Malcolms up there, Malcolm then, when we all were together nearly 30 years ago, who will say that's more soft-headed thinking. That's more pie in the sky by and by. But the second Malcolm, from the time of his visit to Mecca, they would say that's not pie in the sky, it can be done. Is, is that so true? Yes, that's disillusionment on his part. No, no, it is true. It can be done, but it has to be done with intentionality and aggressiveness on the part of our government. And our government has never been intentional enough nor aggressive enough on seeing to it that every American citizen is guaranteed the right of access to everything all other Americans have. And I cite as an example the fact that we've had... In okay, go to clip three, uh, Jalen. Uh, so that was James Farmer and Y.T. Walker. This is from 1993, a 30-year follow-up to the famous debate they had with uh, Malcolm X, June 1963. Uh, okay, go, yeah, go to this clip here for about, uh, we'll go to this clip for about a minute. Go ahead, Jay. 
the climate of America, a change in the position of the Supreme Court where they have all but dismantled affirmative action programs and you had these so-called anti-affirmative action Supreme Court decisions, you know, and a president whose name I don't want to call who talked about quota, a quota bill, you know, all kinds of rationales in order to deter and to obstruct the free access of every American to everything all other Americans. Maybe President-elect Clinton, I will call his name, yeah, uh, will have a different point of view and will take a stronger stand. Well, he made it all right, pa- pause it right there, uh, Jalen. Pause it right there. Okay. Uh, go go watch that. That's on YouTube. We'll probably talk about this some more Monday, uh, because w- what's missing from this whole conversation with the f- uh, 58th anniversary of the March on Washington is the Kerner Commission report that came out March 1968, the month before Dr. King was assassinated, that talked about the investment that the U.S. government needed to make to fight poverty, to fight discrimination, to fight racism, all of this. And they talked about the role that white supremacy and racism and locking African-Americans out of opportunity had in uh, and that resulted in the racial explosions, the the, 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 the uh, rebellions that were taking place across this country in 64, 65, 66 and 67. OK, very quickly, I want to go to um, Axe Handle Saturday. OK, Axe Handle Saturday uh, took place August 27th, uh, 1960 in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. All right. And there's a good article here from. Uh, one from uh, the Washington Post. We talked about this here before on the show. Uh, from the Washington Post, Axe Handle Saturday, the Klan's vicious attack on black protesters in Florida 60 years ago. Okay, so we have this article here from uh, August 27, 2020. And uh, also there's a good piece from the uh, Equal Justice Initiative, EJI.org. Uh, the Equal Justice Initiative. Uh, Sit-in demonstrators attacked in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, On August 27, 1960, 16-year-old NAACP Youth Council President Rodney Hurst and dozens of his peers staged a peaceful sit-in protest at a whites-only Woolsworth uh, lunch counter in downtown Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Throughout throughout that month, the Youth Council uh, members had successfully organized uh, peaceful sit-ins at Morrison's, at Morrison's Cafeteria and other prominent lunch counters in the city. On this Saturday, however, the young black demonstrators were violently attacked by a mob of more than 200 white armed people with baseball bats and axe handles. Baseball bats and axe handles. This is why this is called Axe Handle Saturday, August 27th. 1960 in Jacksonville, Florida. The attack began when white onlookers angered by the demonstration began spitting on the sit-in protesters and yelling racial slurs at them. When the African-American demonstrators refused to respond and continue sitting peacefully, the violence escalated. The white people beat the demonstrators with wooden axe handles and baseball bats and soon spread into the streets of downtown Jacksonville, Florida, attacking African-Americans indiscriminately. According to reports, members of the Ku Klux Klan organized the axe handle Saturday attack, which left more than 50 people injured. As bloodied and battered African-American children fled to a nearby church to seek refuge, many white police officers joined the mob, uh, the mob violence. 
arrested the fleeing civil rights demonstrators or did nothing. Quote, the intent was to scare, intimidate and bring physical harm, end quote, Rodney Hurst later recalled. Many times you could not draw a line between the Klan and law enforcement. Many times you could not draw a line bet between the Klan and law enforcement because law enforcement were at least accomplices to a lot of the things the Klan did, end quote. So read this piece here from uh, EJI.org. They have a picture of them here at the, at the lunch counter uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, read this here from EJI.org, Equal Justice Initiative. Sit-in demonstrators attacked in Jacksonville, Florida on Axe Handle Saturday. And then also read the piece from the uh, Washington Post. They have a really good in-depth piece. Now, uh, Donald Trump, uh, the trader in chief, Benedict Donald, he was going to hold a rally in Jacksonville, Florida on the 60th anniversary of Axe Handle Saturday. Um, but he rescheduled out of, of because of protests. All right. And they show somebody attacked here, African-American attacked here. Read this article as well. Um, if you'd like to stop up information, you can support the African History Network. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show or at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We're here six days a week. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, pay some of the bills. And then uh, be sure to register for the 10-week uh, online course I teach on Saturdays uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Uh, that's at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. As soon as you register, you can watch the class we just did uh, this past weekend. We have archive content there. That class meets on Saturdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., and then the other class dealing with understanding the transatlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach you in school, meets Sundays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. All right, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Right now, it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Peace. All right, stand by, stand by. All right, everybody. Okay, this is our official Cash App account, dollar sign, the AHN show, S-H-O-W. When you go there, it shows my name, Michael, and it shows my picture. So you can support us there also through PayPal, uh, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. And we have the PayPal information uh, on our website also, uh, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com uh, as well. And uh, you can register for the online courses. I'm going to post the link here. So we do the classes live. Uh, all the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch them over and over again. You can watch from around the world. Uh, you can. Uh, we have a live text chat in the classes where you can ask questions uh, as well. You can see me. I can't see you. And as soon as you uh, register, you can start watching the archive content. Okay. So uh, at our website, just click on uh, register here. And it takes you to the next page. Class is regularly $130 on sale, $80. It takes you to the next page. And uh, just click on Enroll on the next page. And uh, as soon as you uh, enroll, you can start watching the content. Okay, click on uh, Enroll. As soon as you enroll, you can start watching the content. All right, we have to get out of here. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. 
Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30-plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle her hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustler Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365 and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701.